Thank you for tuning in to the King's Kid podcast with author Matt Alberton. Each episode will include Matt sharing basic practical truths or deep theological insights. We hope this podcast will contribute to your formation as a son or daughter of the King. Please keep in mind, the audio quality may vary since these podcasts are spontaneously recorded on multiple devices. The King's Kid is brought to you by Wayhouse Media. Don't forget to subscribe and thanks again for tuning in. Let's talk about the church. I've been listening to The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill by Christianity Today. I think a lot of people have been listening to that. Um, there's also a podcast that I'm listening to. I, I mentioned in the previous podcast of mine um, about Jerry Falwell, um, Jerry Falwell Jr. and his kind of demise at Liberty and all of that. Uh, okay, so what's going on with the church? What? Okay, should we abandon everything that we've been doing from the church? Should we, um, should we leave it behind? Should we allow it to crumble so something else can spring forth? Um, what are we doing? What is there a, should we refocus on something else? Because, um, what happened with COVID and what is the deal with COVID and why did we respond in the way that we did? Should we do the online stuff? Uh, is that becoming a consumeristic thing? And, or is that just revealing that we've always been consumeristic? And look, if we've been consuming the church at the church physically, um, then consuming it through a TV is not a whole lot differently, a whole lot, not a whole lot different. So, um, now as we've been, some people have been returning to church, um, they're realizing they can get the same effect, the same type of consumerism at home and they don't have to drive there. And I think there's some value in having church at home with your kids, you know, um, being, uh, showing that you have reverence, uh, and your kids can see that and you're not divided from them. Um, I think there's value to that. And, you know, there's a lot of opinions on, on this, what to do for the church. Do we refine it? Do we allow it to obliterate? And, you know, do we try to save it? Uh, Do we just remodel and become more missional or just, what are we, what should we do as a church? I think the first thing that we need to do is thank God for the good that has happened in the church, okay? I think this is important because I know that I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for, when I say I wouldn't be here, I wouldn't be excited about Jesus if it wasn't for the ways in which the institutionalized church pointed me to Christ and the experiences I had in the church. I would not be here as a follower of Jesus if that were not true. Um, at least I don't believe I would. Um, I think there were elements within my family and they pointed me in good directions as well. So I can't give the church all the credit for that, but I just remember so many good experiences in the church in the institutionalized church. And, uh, I, I want to give it its credit. It's, it deserves something 
uh, it deserves some credit. So um, that's first. Second, and this is just kind of on the top of my head and things that I think are important. Number two, um, we need to be honest with the mistakes the church has made. And there are plenty of them. And we need to be open about them. And the things like the Rise and Fall of Mars Hill podcast, the thing about Jerry Falwell Jr., um, even though that has to do with the university, and he's not uh, a minister explicitly, um, things like that, things like uh, Rabbi Zacharias in his uh, unfortunate scandal of abuse. Um, there's lots of stories, and it's pretty maddening. And you can read about some of these in the book Jesus and John Wayne. Um, and, and a lot of this stuff has been exposed in the recent years uh, since, um, really, Trump started running for president. Um, I'm, I'm seeing how God could be using these things for good. Not that he cre- he's creating these things, and he's, he's kind of orchestrating it all, but my view is that these things are happening, and it's revealing on where people in the church body are. And now God is saying, okay, this is where it is. Now, who can I use to move it in a better direction? Um, and so that's kind of where I think we should go. I think we need to, I don't, I don't want the church to be torn down, but I want more missional communities to spring up. Um, and I think that people are desiring more of God. They have this spiritual desire. They're tired of the fake stuff. They're tired of the abuse stuff. They're tired of the cover-up stuff. They want something that's real, genuine, but has love, not judgmental, um, that's willing to listen, willing to have an open ear. And that's what people are desperately wanting. And the beautiful thing is that's exactly what the church is supposed to be offering. That's exactly what Jesus offered. So it's not as if we're just bowing to what the culture wants. Um, This is actually an innate desire, what people want inside of them. They're searching for this exact thing, and that's what Jesus gives. And then when Jesus comes into the picture, he has a way of transforming communities individuals and communities to look after the oppressed, um, to love, and uh, to live sac- self-sacrificial lives. So that that's what the Ecclesia does. I have a strong inclination to move the church towards a house church style or missional communities. Uh, when I say missional communities, that can mean house church. That can also mean, um, you know, hey, we all love settlers of Catan. Let's go all like 10 of us go play settlers of Catan and talk about Jesus around a dinner table. Okay. While we, you know, eat and I don't know, whatever it might be. So that could be a missional community, just a a unique community that gets together um, with certain interests and they're able to talk about the Lord. They're able to talk about God. They're able to talk about uh, those mysteries, the issues, theology, whatever it might be. And, uh, that that's like that's a beautiful thing but also uh, how are they moving in a direction where they can speak open into each other's lives and uh and become better disciples of jesus so that's important too
it's not just getting together. It's also the goal of, of obeying Christ and his commandments. So uh, that's that. I uh, feel as if there is a strong sense to go towards a house church model. And that's something that the church was used to. That's something that's uh, so whenever Paul writes his letters, he is writing with the house church model in mind. Even when uh, when Jesus is, is, is writing and, or when he's talking in those mindsets, he's talking about um, those kind of things, the kind of small crowds, the kind of gathering where I, these are my disciples and you go out into the nation. So he has 12 disciples and then he has 70 that he sends out. Uh, and then, of course, there's larger crowds that follow him as well. But uh, these are all things that so we don't just dismiss large crowds. I'm not saying that either. I'm not coming against the mega church in that way, it's not inherently evil to have a large crowd. That's not what I'm saying at all. It's actually good to be a part of a large, something bigger, something that's uh, something that's, I guess, a movement would be a good way to call it. Um, and so we're all moving. The crowds are moving towards Jesus. And that's what we need to do at the small, mid and large scale. We all need to be moving towards Jesus. So that's going to be involving all different sizes of crowds. So but when you're talking about house churches, we're talking about a missional community that's all that's getting together and breaking bread together and it's not just one guy um that's the only one that's leading i think that the entire community speaks to one another in that way uh there might be someone that is more that has a gifting of being more of a shepherd um but that doesn't mean that all the content, every sermon, everything completely comes through him. That's kind of a misunderstanding, I think, of what it means to be a pastor. Um, so the, the, this model, I think, would reduce the chances of burnout. They'll reduce the chances of um, a pastor becoming narcissistic um, because it's not all about him. It's not all about his ego. Um, it's not all about his followers. It's about the church and it's not about a consumer church. It's about, hey, we're part of the, the uh, worldwide universal body of believers and we're all just trying to follow Jesus and love our enemies better. And that's what it is. That's, that, that's the goal. And the church did that for over three centuries and, uh, there's still parts of the world that it's doing that today. You see, you see it in Iran, China, um, India, all around the world. It's still happening like that. And granted, they're more persecuted areas. We don't really have that kind of persecution where it's forcing that. But I think we're getting to the point now where we need to think about how we can do it in a place like the United States that's not necessarily persecuted, but we just need to do it that way. Because that just seems to be the way that, um, yeah, it, it just it, it just seems to be the way that it was meant to be. Um, but I'm not going to say that that's the only way for the Holy Spirit to enter and be among his people either. I actually wouldn't say that at all because I've had so many great experiences in the institutionalized church where they did things um, in a very different way than that. Uh, so God accommodates to those things, and that's okay. Um, 
the goal is just being a better steward of where we're we going now. And I think with what COVID has done, um, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of on the back of people's minds. I think people are, don't want to go back to the original way of church because they realize they don't need it. Um, but they still have, um, they, they still desire some form of spirituality and, uh, they, they might be getting it a little bit here and there from their favorite worship band um, on YouTube or their favorite um, preacher on Sunday mornings, but they're still going to miss that community, and uh, that's just not going to be enough. We need, we need to grow with one another, and something that I need majorly at this moment. If you're hearing this podcast and you are feeling the same thing, would you reach out to me? Um you can follow me on Twitter, Matt underscore Albritton, A-L-L-B-R-I-T-T-O-N, um, or reach out to me on Facebook uh, or Instagram, um, whatever it might be. Please reach out because this is something that I've been thinking about for uh, about a year and a half. Uh, even I'd say right before the pandemic began, I started thinking about missional house church communities. Have you been thinking about it as, as well? Regardless of where you live, just drop me a line and just reach out. Um, let's talk about it. I, w- I would love to hear from you. Um, so, yeah, I reach out. And, uh, yeah, just, uh, you know, be encouraged that the Holy Spirit's always moving, that the Holy Spirit's not giving up, that he is He is uh, as active as he's ever been, and he's always been active, and he's been moving in ways that we don't see. Um so, yeah, just think about that. Think about the way a seed grows and plants and and how uh, it, it's working and moving as we go to sleep and we wake up in the morning. As we, Even when we're not active, when we're not, it's not always on our minds, it's still happening, it's still growing. We just don't see it yet, and sometimes it takes some time. So this is how, this is how the Spirit operates. Um, he's always moving even when um, we're not directly thinking about it or talking to Him or, um, you know, I guess, putting together an action plan. There's something that he is doing and we need to remember that it's a, it's a beautiful thing. So, all right. Yeah. Drop me a line and uh, I will talk to you guys later. Thank you all for tuning in to the King's Kid podcast. If you don't mind, please subscribe and then go to wayhousemedia.com for some other content. Thanks again.